like that int- introduction. I really do. I think it, it gives a nice little, almost like a country theme to the show. A theme of rolling hills and farms, dogs running in fields, and happy things. Things that we should be happy about. Hello, my name is Joe Fortunato. I am the host of Bantering the Blue Shirts, and I am inside your ear along with my two friends, Michael Murphy and Beth Macklin. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Beth, Beth is back. Two shows in a row. She is back. Uh, Her back is better, and the women won the gold medal, so there was the end of that. Uh, Boom. This podcast is brought to you by Patreon. If you go to Patreon, and then you put a slash, and you type Blue Sharp Answer, you'll go, and you will be able to donate monies that you have to us. What do we do with that money? Well, I'll tell you what we do with that money. Listen to Mike and Beth speak. They sound clear. As clear as a river on a spring mountain. Uh, that's oh. clear with amazing acoustics. Ooh. Because we were able to purchase Skype. Skype blah, blah, blah. We were able to purchase Skype subscriptions oh, with the money that you guys have given us, and we appreciate that. Especially Anthony Viola, Dan Lynch, George Littman, Matt Bader, Eric Cohn, Daniel DeGen, Michael Silvers, Trevor Kempner, Thomas Osa, Alexander Thornton, Nicholas Forlenza, Dan Carosi, Taylor Ryder, John J. Porter, Armiel Kissinger, Zachary Zetlin, Igor Zetlovsky, and Arch Williams. Thank you all. You are the reason why Beth and Mike sound like they are directly in your living speaking to you. Um, speaking of George, who is one of the uh, George BSB for 50, who is one of the um, moderators on the site, he awesome. won the trivia contest last week at MSG and won a Henrik Lundqvist stick and some gift cards oh. and stuff. So, so good for you, George. Way to go. He's one for two on on doing us he proud. Is, yeah. He is one for two. I, I wonder what the – I I'm really shocked and quite astounded that, that he got picked the second time, but it seemed like it was kind of at random, and uh, he won. So there you go. Um, way to go, George. You... Yeah, way to go, George. Why don't you give us the stick? God. Uh, we knew that the Rangers were going to be playing Montreal last week. Myself, Adam, and Mika gave you kind of a quick preview. We didn't really know what was going on. We more talked about what the Rangers needed to do to finish the year in what we would consider a, a good fashion going into the playoffs. Now we have a little bit more information. We know that Pavel Buchnevich is more than likely going to be a healthy scratch for game one. We know that Brendan Smith is going to be the third pairing defenseman because apparently Elaine Vigneault is contractually obligated to play good defenseman on the third pair. And there's lots of things to talk about when it comes to Montreal. Uh, before we get into any of that, Mike, do you what, what I do? that the Rangers are quote-unquote limping into the playoffs rather than going into the playoffs on a hot streak. Do you think that matters all that much? I think what matters most is probably where Hank's game is. Um, and for the people who are concerned about the Rangers kind of going in not looking good, I understand the concerns about, oh, Hank isn't quite Hank yet, maybe, and uh, that much I believe. But there's, you know, in the last couple games of the season, you know, the Rangers were playing Taylor Beck and, you know, Camper came back up and, you know, it wasn't it wasn't exactly the, uh, the A team. So um, I'm a little bit concerned specifically about Hank, but otherwise not so much. I think I thought it was great that, 
McDonough scored um, in the regular season finale when he was back in. Um, I was a little bit surprised, frankly, that he got back in. Um, I figured, why not? Why not just rest him? But uh, considering how snake bitten he was early in the year for goals, it was nice to see him add another one at the end there. So uh, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. I think momentum is a big part of the playoffs, but everything kind of gets thrown out the window and you start, you know, the second season. So I'm not as concerned as I think a lot of people would be that the Rangers kind of backed into the playoffs. Beth? Um, I guess I'm a little more concerned than Mike is. Just because... (laughs) I'm positive. I will... I will describe my concern, um, which is a positive concern if there is such a thing. Um, <laughs> I just <laughs> I just sort of wish I, I feel like I had a sense of consistency. I wish I'd yeah. seen in either literally or figuratively the same team on the ice two games in a row um, at any time in the last month, and I'm, I'm really not sure I did. Um, you know, they there just seems to be such a, a distance between their high and their low. Um, and the distance does not have as much to do, except perhaps for Hank, with who's on the ice as you'd think it would. Um, so, again, I think there's a team here that can get to at least the conference final, or there's a team here that can get knocked out in four games and, you know, on one hand, that's hockey, but on the other hand, it's also it's also the Rangers because it's really going to depend on on which version of the team shows up for how many games um, and what kind of groove they get into. And um, but I'm excited to watch it. I think it's going to be good. I think the the playoff grind. I think they could actually benefit for that from that if they can stay in it long enough to benefit from it. If that makes sense. I think it does. Uh, the playoffs is often yeah. referred to as the second season. Uh, Mark Stahl, Ryan McDonough, pretty much anybody who was asked about it talked about how there's a clean slate now and all the struggles of the past are basically not nothing. But you get to start over. Everybody starts at, at a level playing field. And really the only thing that I can think of that you'd want to be hot going into the playoffs as a necessity, it would be your goaltender. And the Rangers are, not that they're not in that position right now, but the Rangers have some pretty big fish to fry in regards to some of the issues that they have going into the postseason. And I'm not necessarily, I feel like narratives in hockey can be twisted and conformed to be whatever they have to be. You can sit there and say, oh, the Rangers are limping into the playoffs, they're going to suck. Or you can be like, well, you know, the Rangers are limping into the playoffs, but it's a a new season, basically, and everything starts over again. Uh, There's a a certain blogger who seems to continuously change the things that he's saying to troll as many people as he can. There's plenty of fans like that, too. So do I believe in the whole second season? I do, from the standpoint that if your goalie gets hot and the team gets hot at the right time, you only have to win 16 hockey games to win a Stanley Cup. Now, that's hard. It's not necessarily an easy thing to do. But that's where the Rangers are. And this team has enough struggles, regardless of when they're struggling, to really be concerned about it. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's more telling to the team's overall abilities as a whole 
And if the Rangers happen to get hot at the right time, anybody can win a Stanley Cup. Uh, the Rangers were not the worst team in the league this year. I don't even think they're really the worst team in the playoffs, but in a few ways, they're kind of close. So um, we knew it was Montreal two weeks ago. We kind of have an idea of the Rangers starting lineup. Surprised? Anybody surprised at the way the Rangers are uh, reacting to uh, the Montreal toughness nonsense, Beth? Um, you know, it's, it's all been said. Um, it's not the choice I'd make. It's not the choice. A lot of people who know a lot more about hockey than I do would make. I don't think, um, it's like we're playing in the playoffs. I don't know, 15 years ago or something. Um, and you know, I, I think it's a choice that we're going to be, we're going to pay a price for, um, and yes, of course, I'm talking about glass here. Um, the interesting thing I think about this is that um, I can't remember which interview it was. I don't know. Maybe you guys can. I've never heard, you know, one of the things we've always said is um, he's a great guy to have in the room. No one has anything against him personally. For all we know, he is a fantastic human being. Um, which still is probably holding true, but this is the first time um, I've seen him make a case for his own presence on the ice. Do you guys remember the interview I'm talking about when he talked about what he brings to the game and why he should be out there? Where he was talking about like the intensity of the playoffs. Yeah, and sometimes you need a guy, you know, he said something to the effect of, you know, it's not always about the puck which I personally would like to put on a T-shirt um, and then set on fire. But um, <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it was interesting because he's never, you know, sort of advocated for his own, you know, role in that way. Um, and you got to feel for the guy, you know, trying to stay in the game at this point. I don't think we thought we'd see him back now. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we might – I think that – choice is going to cost us a couple goals it's just whether the couple goals that's going to cost us is going to cost us the series or not so michael it's uh i think we all knew montreal's size and toughness was going to be a big story i think you know from when the Rangers, that turn happened where Glass got called up and, you know, Duguay was pointing out the Rangers aren't tough enough. And, you know, we see things like, uh, you know, Linda Cohn's tweet where, look, Buchnevich just looks away, you know, things like that. And, you know, the Rangers' toughness or lack thereof was going to be a story in the series, no matter what the lineups were. So, I mean, it's interesting to see Montreal practice with Dwight King on the third line and Galchenyuk on the fourth, um, but Steve Ott's in the lineup and Martin Sinner in the, is in the lineup. And there's a lot of a lot of physicality, a lot of guys who hit a lot in Montreal's lineup. And it looks like the Rangers' countermeasure is Glass on the fourth with uh, Jesper and Oscar Lindbergh, you know, just as, I don't know if it's just, whether it's to be a deterrent, you know, because of the the subplot of everyone seems to, seems like every Montreal fan still wants to kill Chris Kreider, but uh, you know, there's going to be it's going to be a very physical series. Um, Montreal, you know, they Julian's behind the bench now, and we know what 
Claude Julien teams look like and how they play. So the thing that surprised me the most about the lines from practice is probably, as Joe said earlier, is Smith being on the third pairing. Um, and it surprises me for a litany of reasons, but the reason that is probably on the highest is the reason that I would put highest in that list is Smith is a big guy. You know, he's a guy who, even if you don't acknowledge the fact that he's a better choice on the second pair than, you know, three out of the four guys who might be there right now, it's, uh, he's a guy who you'd want to have on the ice playing a physical game. I mean, we've seen a little bit of Smith's physicality. I mean, he's a, he's a kind of a guy who's hard to miss on the ice. Um, you know, I don't think it's been a long time since we considered Dan Girardi to be a guy who, you know, was really rattling the boards and throwing body checks around. Cause frankly, I don't think he can keep up with players enough to throw hits, but uh, it's now this very strange, like almost a contest of who can put out the worst bottom six. And that might determine who wins the series, but <laughs> It, it's been frustrating for Ranger fans that Booch is out, but Montreal isn't doing themselves any favors with uh, Steve Ott in the lineup. So you know they have they have their own uh, their own player like that, who's you know captain intangibles and rough and tumble and all that stuff. But Ott wins faceoffs, and Glass doesn't do that. So I guess they might have an edge. It's not even so much. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the point, Mike, about. <sighs> This Smith stuff, because Glass is just another representation of, of what we already know, which is that Vigneault doesn't really turn away from veterans, and this is the way that it's it's going to work, and deal with it. I mean, he gives comments that pretty much allude to the fact that, oh, we're worried about who's better right now, talking about how Bushnevich is a future piece, and I think I wrote a pretty convincing article about why that's one of the craziest things I've ever heard in the world. But regardless, I, I think... The Smith stuff is very concerning because you're you're once again throwing McDonough to Dan Girardi and the rest of the group on the first line. Here's the thing that really frustrates me, and I've outlined this plan before on this show. If the Rangers get out of Montreal, I like their odds against Ottawa or Boston. I like their odds to get to the Eastern Conference Final. And then who knows? There is a potential... I don't know how good it is that Pittsburgh and Washington just beat the ever-loving shit out of each other, and you have a really banged-up team going into the Eastern Conference Final. Last show, Mika talked about how there was a period of time in, in, I think it was around, right before the lockout, really 2000, 2004, maybe a little bit after, where the West was the dominant conference, but it was such a bloodbath to get out of the West that the East was able to win a series of Stanley Cups in a row. It's not the craziest thing in the world. So the media's argument is, oh, it's just the 12th forward, or, oh, we're talking about the 6th defenseman. But it's not. You win and you lose in this league on a razor's edge. Like Beth said, if Glass costs the team a goal, you don't know if that's going to be the goal that wins a series or loses a series. You have no idea. Momentum switches, it changes, it's fluid, it's like the ocean. You have no idea what's coming. So you should take every opportunity that you have to move forward and do right by your team. Throwing speed and skill at a Montreal lineup that seems a little bit more preoccupied with grit and toughness may be the way to get more offense generated against Carey Price. 
And more importantly, you're going to need to score a lot of goals to get past Carey Price, who is one of the scariest parts of this Montreal Canadiens team. Last week I said that the Canadiens kind of reminded me of a better version of the Rangers. They have an elite goaltender, they have some flaws on defense, but overall they're a pretty good team. And that's what I think the Rangers are, except they have bigger flaws on defense, and at this point they're not dressing ideal lineups. Michael Grabner's crashed back down to earth. The Rangers still seem reliant on him to bring up offense. Jesper Foss seems like he's going to have a top-nine role. There's a lot of things going on right now that I have issues with. But the biggest issue that I have is this continued notion that, okay, these guys who have not worked all year are going to suddenly work in the playoffs. And there's a lot of narratives that are going to either live or die with what the Rangers are going to be doing. I'm not sure I'm ready for them, but so be it. Uh, Home ice advantage away, the Rangers are... They're going to be the road team, I'm pretty sure, for almost every single playoff game that they're going to play, um, depending on where they go in the series. The Rangers are a much better team on the road than they were at home this year. I'm on record saying that that does not bother me one way or another, but playing in the Bell Center is one of the tougher arenas to play. And, Mike, how much of a difference do you think it's going to play that the Rangers are on the road in the first round rather than at home? Uh, it's interesting because most of the time I would say it's not as big as a factor as people might think. Um, but, uh, Montreal's kind of always been a different feel to it. And we hear a lot of, you know, you hear a lot of, uh, cliches, uh, an appropriately used, uh, French term here, I guess, but, uh, about, um, you know, officiating in Montreal and, um, you know, typical calls that go their way and, uh, Things, things of that nature, but I don't know. I, I hesitate to assign too much or too little value to home ice advantage just because I didn't get a chance to watch all that much of Montreal this year. Um, you know, I'm sure, like, you know, the the Rangers' road record versus their home record was, you know, it's it's hard to understand why something like that happens. But at the end of the day, you can point to the you can confidently point to the fact that the Rangers are better on the road. Um, does that mean that, you know, it's, it works to their advantage when, you know, some things are taken out of Vino's hands? I don't know. But, um, yeah, I'm not really sure I have any strong opinion on that, actually. Do you, Beth? Um, I think they're better starting out on the road. I mean, wh- what are we going to have? We're going to have a whole Bell Center booing Chris Kreider. Um, other than that, the road game, really. And um, I'd rather see them start not at MSG, frankly. Um, mm. because I, I, think, I think they need the fans on their side right now, and I think a couple of losses at, at MSG would be uh, past some people's threshold for endurance at this point. Um, I, th- I actually think it's good they're starting up north. I agree with that. I, I outside if there was a way that you could make that, that you could start on the road and somehow get Game Seven to be home as well. Like if you had home ice advantage and you could pick when you played the game, uh, not that that ever exists. I, I there's a lot of pressure on the home team to win both games. You know the saying, "It's not a series until the home team loses." It, it really does fit in that all the Rangers need to think about when they go into Montreal is we got to win one game. doesn't matter what game they win. You lose game one, okay, we got to win game two. And that pressure exists 
on Montreal through those two games. If Montreal wins game one, the pressure doesn't alleviate itself. It's just, oh, they should have won game one, and they did win game one. So what you need to do is go out there and just play a simple game and get a win. That's it. That's all the pressure is on you. Once you get into games five, six, and seven, it's a little bit different. Obviously, you don't want to play game – you get game six uh, at home, and you don't want to play game seven on the Bell Center. And I would say if there's really an advantage to home ice for the Canadians – it's that that looming threat makes the Rangers want to win this series in less than seven games. They're really, not that I'm breaking any ground here, you don't want to play a game seven in the Bell Center, just like people don't want to play a game seven in Madison Square Garden. But to start on the road, the goal is simple, win a game. And if the Rangers win game one, all of the pressure, almost everything, transfers over to Montreal because they have to win. They can't get swept at home. And that pressure only exists when you're the home team. So the Rangers have an opportunity here to just go in. You get a win, and the next thing you know, you're, you're all of a sudden in a position to go back to Madison Square Garden and be up 3-1 in the series going back to the Bell Center. Now, we're talking way into the future here, but you don't have to win game one. You just don't want to lose both games. And even if you do lose both games, it's still not a series until the home team loses. So I like the fact that the Rangers are starting on the road, not because they're a better road team this year, not because the Rangers have had struggles at home I, in terms of the narratives that I do and do not believe. Uh, I do think that playing on, on the road is, is a benefit to the purpose that I said. I don't think these home woes are going to fall Rangers to Madison Square Garden. And like I've said before, if the Rangers do happen to lose all the games in the playoffs that they play at Madison Square Garden, it's not because they're playing in Madison Square Garden. It's because they're a team that is flawed that are going to lose games. And yeah, that's just it's just the way that it works. I, I don't think you can give the Rangers an excuse to say, "Oh, they're just not a good home team." The Rangers just have issues. That's what they are. It doesn't matter where they're playing, and so be it. Uh, X factors. I want to know who you think will be the Rangers' biggest X factor today. I wrote a story about that. Um, I kind of copped out and used a whole bunch of players. But, Mike, I want to know who your X Factor is for the Rangers in this series. The easiest answer, I think, is Hank. Um, Just because, in so many ways, Hank will be really what decides what happens with the Rangers in the playoffs. But to go outside what the easy answer is... um, I the guy who I've been most fascinated with all season long is Miller. Um, yes. He's a guy, I think he's really played himself into being, even though the head coach might not seem to think it, a legitimate top six forward. Um, and, you know, he's done all of it with so little time on the power play and still, you know, making a difference and doesn't seem to matter where you play him. He's, He's going to be a noticeable impact player. Um, I love Miller's game. He's a guy who's, to me, his stock has rose a lot this year. Um, I, I point to him as the, the X factor just because, you know, if that third line, you know, what, what makes that third line tick, I'm pretty sure, is JT. Um, as you said, Joe, Grabner's uh, good luck has officially run dry. It doesn't mean he's not, you know, it doesn't mean he's a bad player. It just means he's no longer going to be shooting at 15% at even strength or whatever it was uh, for so much of the year. Um, 
that Rangers third line, I think, is really going to be a pivotal aspect of this series because the, the, the Habs have a really possession-heavy third line, and the Rangers have a third line that is based on like a transition attack and do not have good possession numbers. So I think Miller is a player to put the spotlight on because Rangers really might sink or swim based on whether or not they win the the battle of who has the better third line. Um, and, and I guess, I guess that's my take on it. I don't know, Beth, who's your X factor? Um, I frankly, I would have said Miller too. I think he wears sort of the whole team's heart on his sleeve. Um, yeah. Go for my romantic uh, analogy to my uh, electoral analogy. You know, it's like as Milsey goes, so go the Rangers. Um, <laughs> he really seems like the one who's like embodying whatever mood or, or mode the team is in when he's out there. Um, I also, but I'm going to, since you took that one already, um, I think Nash is going to score in the playoffs this year. Um, I think he's been really consistent this year. And, you know, I know it's the old cliche that um, he stops producing in this second season. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he, um, I think he's going to keep going. And I think having his numbers on the board um, are going to make a difference. Um, And yeah, I mean, hopefully it's enough of a difference. Difference. Can I ask? Can we? Can I ask a Grabner question though? Just sure. Like Joe is here. Yeah, Gerby. So Gerby. Uh, yes, Gerby. Um, is the theory that a guy who's shooting okay? So the the way what is it? Twenty seven goals, um, and he hasn't scored for like the last you know fifty games or something. I don't know. What what is the actual like theory on drying up? Is it mental? Is it that you just, I don't know, get worn out and things don't work anymore? Like everyone said he was going to dry up. He did dry up like dramatically. Like what is the actual like sports psychology theory behind that? Uh, It's that it's really the law that it is. Not to taper off. The guy is gone. He does not score goals anymore. But here's the thing about Grabner. Grabner's always been a streaky goal scorer. And Grabner, at his best with the Rangers this year, was shooting at like 29% at one point. It was the reason why we were writing all these articles that said, hey, you should probably trade him now because this is not going to exist. He evened out. Those chances the puck wasn't going in the net anymore. Grabner couldn't stop scoring goals at one point this year. He was scoring off his butt. I'm pretty sure he accidentally deflected like four goals in. That's great. But eventually the averages need to weigh out. At some point, you can't go from a career 12% shooting percentage and then suddenly exist at 22%, not without like crazy stuff happening. So, sure, you can look at it as drying up or you can look at it as Grabner wasn't finishing anymore because the puck wasn't bouncing his way. Uh, could he have finished the year with 40 goals and had an unbelievable hot streak? Yeah, but even uh, even that wouldn't have lasted. It's a matter of regressing to the mean. You know what type of player these guys are. The hockey season is 82 games. The whole reason why baseball is 162 games is because you need that many games for all the formulas and stats and 
for these teams to even themselves out because there, there is randomness to sports, but not over a long period of time. Over the course of 82 games, for the most part, you should have a pretty good idea of who's good and who's bad and what players do X and what players do Y. And I think Grabner got off to a red-hot start, and he has he had one point his last 12 games, four points his last 22 games. It's That's part of the other guys not scoring too. But, hey, listen, this is – it's average, It's math. As much as you might not want to think that way when you're talking about hockey, it's math. Mike, save me. I'm, I'm blabbering. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, the points you're raising are the points I'm going to raise. It's it's one goal in his last 23 games. And, um, you know, if you put the if you put the season in reverse, you would say, you know, wow, Grabner started off really shitty. And then he put it all together. He got hot. And then you know, it was like he was shooting at the ocean. You know, everything went in. Um, it's it is the law of averages, but I also think to some extent there's, you know, there's a couple things to keep in mind. I think like uh, the injury he had, and um, I think when you're honest, like a scoring run like that, it's there's a lot of momentum involved. I think and a lot of confidence, um, and also to some extent, I think teams being aware of hey, that's the guy who gets seven breakaways every night. Maybe we should keep an eye on that. Um, and I think, you know, it's not like he's a surprise to teams even in the Metropolitan Division or in the Eastern Conference. But, you know, you can only, frankly, do what he was doing for so long before, you know, as Joe said, math catches up to you. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's one of those things where, you know, you can – pretend like you know more than you do when you predict it's going to happen, but it happens every, the best players in the world have scoring slumps, you know, Corey Perry had, you know, 19 goals this year after scoring three straight years of 30 goals, you know, guys, for whatever reason, their shooting percentage gets cut in half or it doubles and, you know, things are crazy. It's like uh, looking at Kevin Klein's shooting percentage since he's been with the Rangers. It's, you know, things can't, be abnormal for so long and if they are abnormal for so long then they're not abnormal they're normal Beth thank you gentlemen oh yeah that's right and then ask the question I just tossed it back over yeah. to you I, I didn't even uh, feel like it was a question was, was you know I was I was about to berate Beth because he called grab me again which is a long 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 time coming but I forgot uh, those are the dicks Gerbner um my Nathan Gerby's doing. Oh, let's actually that's a good point. Let's see. Nathan, let's look it up. Gerb. Uh, what is he doing? Didn't he have a really cute picture of like his uh his kid wearing a Gerby jersey? Yeah, let's see. And then Gerbner had twenty eight points in twenty six Swedish league games. So he had a good year. Two assists yeah. in four playoff games. Not bad. Not bad at all. He, man, he really did not have an enormous NHL impact. He was only in the NHL for less than 400 games. It's kind of sad, actually. He's only 29. Eh, whatever. Um, my X factor, I have two, but I'm going to not pull a Beth, and I'm going to only pick one of them. But I'm going to tell you who my honorable mention <laughs> is. My honorable mention is Mika Zibanejad, who I think has not really shown no, his true potential and before the injury, I think we saw the best of him. And now I think we've seen kind of the 
guy is trying to figure things out, but that is not my X factor. My X factor is Brady Shea because this is a guy who did he reach forty points this year? I don't think so, right? He finished with thirty nine points. Let's see. Yeah, he did. This is a guy who had 39 points. I don't think anybody saw the, him having this type of an offensive impact for the Rangers. And the Rangers are going to need this transition game. With Shea Weber on the other point, the penalty kill is going to be a, a real hot-button issue. And getting the power play going, that offense, their defense-to-offense transition that the Rangers have had such issues for, this is the opportunity where they really need Brady Shea to shine because – McDonough, Shea, and Smith gives the Rangers three of the six defensive options, and I have to laugh because I really I don't even know that this is a thing, that we have to worry about it. But uh, that those are the three guys who are going to be able to do what the Rangers need to, to do defensively. On paper, the Rangers are the worst team defensively, and it's not even close, especially if Girardi is playing uh, top ten minutes. So, or not top ten minutes, top pairing minutes. So, when you really do drill down into what the Rangers are going to need, the Rangers are going to need that defense to put up offense. And you, you win games with that extra depth punch. I'm talking about the story I wrote today, the Hayes, the Cryer, the Miller, the, you know, you're expecting guys like Nash, Stepan, and Zuccarello to put up offense. So it's going to be the guys that you're not necessarily expecting to kind of put you over the edge. That's the Hayes, that's the Miller, that's the Kreider. And in this instance, that's Shea and McDonough because the Rangers are going to need that offense. And we were surprised to see Shea kind of, this is sort of a coming out party for him this year. We saw him a little bit in last year's playoffs, and he's obviously much improved from there. And for how much the Rangers are going to rely on him, Mike, do you think we're going to see a guy who's going to kind of blossom under the heat of the playoffs, or is he going to wilt? It really depends on for me, who he's playing with and what's expected of him. Um, uh, I think I've been nothing but blown away by what Shea has done. I mean, you pointed out just his counting stats, how many points he has, and it's important to remember he averaged less than 18 minutes a night this season for the Rangers. The only reason he's not being discussed more among really like a, among this rookie, this rookie class this year is because he didn't get power play time of any significance and you know, he, he didn't get big minutes. Like, uh, you know, we heard a lot about the Flyers' Provorov rookie, and it's because he was getting top-pairing minutes for most of the season. Um, I think Shea is – there's so much to be encouraged about Shea. He's, in many ways, he's the silver lining of – other than, uh, other than of course, Nick Holden, uh, Destroyer of Worlds, um, <laughs> about about this defense this year because – I think even the most ambitious and optimistic of us didn't see not just the offense from Shea, but I mean, the only strike you can, you know, put against him, I think is he took a lot of goofy penalties, you know? Um, I think he had the most, something like the worst penalty differential on the team um, in terms of, uh, you know, for the defense, just, you know, kind of, needless penalties in front of the net things where you know guys could get under his skin that happened a lot uh it'll be really interesting to see who he's asked to play against because i think everyone knows on montreal you worry about that top line and then the rest of the lineup is you don't you don't worry about nearly as much and i think everyone also knows it's going to be mcdonough and 
God help us, Girardi, playing against the Pacioretty Radulov line. So uh, I think Shea will, because frankly, I don't think his assignments are going to be that hard. I think he's going to do exactly what he did in the regular season. And if anything, it'll it'll be more sign that he's turning into a you know a, frankly what looks like a legitimate top pairing defenseman in his career. Beth. Yeah, I agree. I you know I I love watching him make room for himself. I love seeing him suddenly pop up uh, in the offensive zone in the crease there. I mean, just using. The way he's using his speed, the way he uses space, the way, I mean, we haven't, um, other than, again, to say the name, um, he's got the, the creativity that Yandel had, but for some reason, A.V., um, A.V. is, is he, maybe he's not giving him the minutes he should be giving him, but Shea isn't being punished for it, so that's good. And I think that's really helped him in terms of his development. I think he does take chances, um, and I think he's fast enough, you know, to get back home when just in case they don't pay off. Um, Mike, I mean, what you were saying about the penalties, I think we all sort of remember there was the time when we were like, okay, this guy is really good, um, but, you know, he's 6'3", he needs to use his body a little bit more. And I think it was literally that week he started taking <laughs> And next thing we know, he's in the box for, you know, more than once a game. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, we got to give him the benefit of the doubt in terms of him sort of, you know, testing the boundaries, seeing what he can get away with, what he's doing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we really have to talk about being positive. Um, he is nothing but a tremendous asset right now. And we were wrong about the ceiling on him. I think. And yeah, maybe, you know, maybe if he isn't getting ground down um, in who he's up against, we're going to see more like fabulous chances from him. And I just think that would be great. And I I wish he was getting talked about the way I think he should be right now. Because yes, I mean, that's the, we see the same sentence over and over again, you know, no one's since Leach, no one's since Leach, which is great. But if you're, you know, if you're not a Rangers fan, that doesn't mean quite, I'd like to see him getting more recognition across the league for, you know, what he's been able to accomplish, especially considering, um, you know, what the rest of this, the travails of the rest of this defense, shall we say, he's in such (laughs) a bright spot. So, you know, imagine, imagine if, you know, he didn't have to be taking into account his own partner in terms of what he was going to be able to accomplish and what he could risk. Because if he didn't have to be thinking about that, um, I think we'd be seeing even more from him. It's going to depend on the way that he's used, and it's going to depend on the way that the Rangers play their game. Vigneault, with a straight face, talked about needing an up-tempo game against Montreal and then puts glass in the lineup. So is this going to be a situation where McDonough and Girardi are expected to throw a wet blanket over the team's top line and they're both playing 26 minutes a night and everybody else is getting table scraps? Or is this going to be, hey, Shea, we're going to throw you right into the fire. Let's go. And I don't know the answer to that question. And I think the answer to that question is going to change as we move forward. Whatever team goes out for the Rangers tomorrow is not going to be the team that's going to go out in game three. I'm sure of that. I think the Rangers are going to go back to Madison Square Garden uh, tied in the series one and one. 
And I think Vigneault is going to make adjustments to the losses, but I don't know what the adjustments are going to be. Is he really going to pull Glass out and put Buchnevich in? Is he going to pull VC out to Buchnevich in? Are we going to see Fast on the fourth line? Are we going to see Grabner on the fourth line? There's a lot of things that have to change, and that's just the forwards. We're not even talking about a defensive core that (laughs) – the fact that Stahl, Holden, Girardi, McDonough is this team's top four going into the playoffs with Shea and Smith on the bottom pairing is like insanity to me. It really is insanity. The second and third best defensemen on the team are in the third pair. Right. Also, guys, I don't think Girardi's going to – I mean, and I don't mean any disrespect. This is a veteran thing again. His injuries are creeping up on him. I don't see him making it, really, if they play – if AB plays him those minutes, I don't see him making it without getting injured, really, with, again, no – no fault to him. I don't think he he's a guy. He's got probably, you know, creaks and breaks we don't even know about. Um, we know what he suffered in the last playoff series and went through it anyway. I don't I don't think he's gonna last that long if he gets played those minutes and isn't sheltered at all. I don't think it's you know, I just think he's gonna be made to pay for it in terms of in, injuries and you know, I don't want to say that that's going to solve the problem for us, but, I mean, I, I hope he comes out of it okay. But I, I, if A.V. plays him those minutes, I think the team's going to pay in terms of, of him getting hurt or some sort of, you know, stress injury or whatever. I don't think his body has it in him anymore. I really don't. Not for games as frequent as they are in the playoffs. But this is a I guy who a plays fair point to with one leg yeah. <laughs> no, I think best. It's a very good point to raise, especially against you know Montreal is a team who's it's built on puck possession, which means the puck's going to be in the Rangers zone more than we're comfortable with. I think we all know that special teams, surprise, surprise, the Rangers are going to lose that, so they have to find a way to win at even strength. And Montreal has a lot of guys on that team. I mean, with Shaw and King and you know, Martinson and Ott, they have plenty of guys who do take no hits off. They finish every hit they, they, they throw. And it's going to be a very demanding series for a guy like Girardi, who really this year, you know, he went from Mr. Indestructible to, you know, very much, you know, his age catching up to him, you know, like, like Beth was saying. And, if the Rangers get through Montreal, then who is it next? I mean, we've seen how physical Ottawa can be, and everyone knows what Boston can be. So it's, uh, I think we all kind of know in the back of our heads this, these will be the last games we probably see Girardi uh, play as a Ranger. And, um, you know, we expect him to be bought out. That's, of course, not a certainty, but it really might be a pretty you know, black and blue final chapter of uh, his time in New York. I, I was having a debate on Twitter today that it's kind of unfair the way that the Rangers have utilized Girardi. This is a guy who, if he was on the third pairing and getting those sheltered minutes, could be very effective for the Rangers. And instead, they're taking someone who really has given his heart and soul to this organization and thrust him into the limelight in a role he can't handle and it's it's just uncomfortable for everybody. It's like somebody who's, I don't know, overstayed their welcome at a party. 
someone who won't eat shawarma when a friend slash co-host offers it to them. God damn it. God damn it. What? Beth, what are your thoughts on shawarma? Is that the stuff you scrape off the big thing? Yeah, the cone. You need to be cone way meat. more specific than that. It's a sweaty cone. Well, yeah, I don't. I eat. I eat. I get. I get falafel from halal carts, so I do eat from the carts. But I, I'm. I find the shawarma a little sketchy. I'm not going to lie. I don't know where that oh. meat came from, or you have to put it. Why did it have to be plastered into a big cone shape? Is that a did voice it come of off? reason, Joe? <laughs> but I don't hang on understand. A minute. Wait a minute. She just sounds like she hates herself for eating it, but she said she enjoys halal carts. No. That's no, I like the falafel. I'm saying I go to the carts, but I don't eat the big meat cone. I get no other way. things from that. <laughs> so both of you are about as adventurous as Rick Nash is. I'm assuming Rick Nash is not adventurous because of the way that he answers all of his questions for the media and the way that he does He's a good like. guy. He won the good guy award. Did he win the good guy award? Well, I'm just saying shawarma yeah. is its a life-changing experience. Yeah, you'll get sick. It'll change your life. Okay, I'm not going to dignify that with a response, but instead I will tell a story that there is a cart across the street from my work that was so, it does so well that he was able to buy his own You told the story. Did I tell the story? story. Did I tell it to Beth, though, or did I tell it to only you? You told it to me, so I'll just Wait, is this a, are you on 6th Avenue? No, I'm on 2nd Avenue. Oh, okay. Then I don't know that one. I'm, I'm by the UN. But he has his own truck, and it is amazing. The cone meat is spectacular. So, Why does it I don't have to be rip- <laughs> Why does it have to be what? In a cone. Yeah, I that's a great. That's a very fair question, Beth. So that it, it why cooks must it be on in a cone? the spinning apparatus. Why are hamburgers round? Why not round? a cylinder, Joe? Why are hamburgers round? You could shape a hamburger to be square if you wanted to. Wendy's does. Because when you you take a you ball of meat and then you, you could flatten make a triangle. it, <laughs> you could. That would be more effort. A round shape is less effort because you take a sphere of meat and you flatten it. I am. Appalled. I don't hear a retort, Joe. I don't hear a, a logical response. Perhaps because you don't have. First of all, I actually do think it comes in a sphere, but when they carve it, it turns into a cone. There's no way in hell it turns from a sphere into a cone. It probably goes from a cylinder it's to a, a cone. A cow sphere or, or a. Oh, that's or what a, I meant to say. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I meant to say Lamps. cylinder, not cone or sphere. <laughs> I don't know. Cylinder, you. Get you. What animal Beth, is it again? Well, it's a lamb. It's a lamb I think. I think. Beth, okay, do you so still have those little from your kids? Do you have those toys where you put like the square block through the square hole for Joe? <laughs> I need it. Uh, apparently, you do, buddy. I do. It's messed up, but I do need it. Maybe that's why hockey confuses me so much. Because there's no way that round puck will fit into that square hole. Puck is a cylinder. Uh, but it's round. Cylinders are round. Yeah. You would never, you, you'd look at a puck and you would say it's more of a circle than a cylinder. No, you would say it's a cylinder because it is a cylinder. No, you would <laughs> say it's more of a circle. It's a circle. A circle is a not cylinder. a three dimensional object, Joe. No, but it, when you look at a puck, you don't see the three dimensions. You only see it from above. 
or really from like an angle do you? on the TV. Do you, it's just a circle. do you watch all your it's games? It's a circle on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> I will hear nothing more of this. Don't eat pucks, uh, Joe. The only shape you need to know is shovel because you're digging yourself into a hole. Is shovel a shape? Yeah, oh, uh, I guess it is. Anything could be a shape according to you. A spade, if you will. No, a hole is very good, Beth. Yes. Beth Beth had that toy growing up like I did. Wait, do we have to make a prediction about the series now? How many Uh, games will they have played this week? This week? Yeah, like before Uh, we podcast. You mean before our next podcast? Let's see. Then... Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday. So Wednesday of or, next week, they, the season will either be over well, in a good way or a bad way, or they're going to Montreal for game five. Yeah. Are, are we saving full? I want a full prediction, though, because I know you hate predictions. Rangers and six. Really? Beth? How's that? Is that for optimism, folks? Barry Melrose thinks we're going to win. Rangers in seven. You know they're going to take every series that they get into to seven just to spite us. It's always going to be seven. Girardi's poor knees. Mm. My gut is telling me Montreal in six. Ooh. That's what my gut is saying. You just you lost us, a, like, a 300 readers. Sorry, you could hear all the, the phones ringing in the background. It's apparently... Someone's calling my, Dr. Stanley. You know, my in-laws call the house on the house phone. It, it, it drives me insane. I don't even want a house phone. Yeah, my wife has I, forced us to get a house phone. We all have cell phones. When I made the point to argue with my mother and my parents, who never disagree with my wife about anything because they're terrible people, my mom's argument was, well, what would you do in the case of a fire? And my response was, not run back into the house to call you from the goddamn landline. (laughs) I would escape and then call from my cellular phone. Far from the fire. They're the only yeah. people. Well, the fire is in a round shape, and I think I can walk through it, and then it's quite clear that I can't. Fire is, it's actually, fire is it's a fractal still, shape. A what? A fractal shape. I don't... I don't should I what know what that is? What is a fractal like? I, I didn't have that Lego. You didn't have... Well, I can't pretend that I will accurately describe what a fractal is. I didn't but, have a mobile fractal, okay? What does it look like? What does a fractal look like? Yeah. Wow. I'm so glad we record this live so I can just either A, bullshit my way through this, or B, admit that I won't be able to provide an accurate definition. Um, you know, like tie-dye, things like that? Thing. I didn't think it was a shape. It's a so pattern. I am, it's a, how do you spell it? Fractal, F-R-A-C-T-A-L, fractal. A curve or geometric figure, each part of which is the same statistical character as the whole. Fractals are useful in modeling structures such as eroded coastlines or snowflakes in which similar patterns reoccur at progressively smaller scales and in describing partly random or chaotic phenomena such as crystal 
growth, fluid turbulence, or galactic Phenomena. formation. Phenomena. Phenomena. Relating to or the nature of fractal or fractals is the adjective. Let's see what images pop up for fractal. Ah, this is not what, well, I guess it is kind of what fire looks like. (laughs) Some of this stuff is kind of insane, actually. Yeah, fractals are amazing, man. Some of these photos, I don't even know if... Can we talk about why the Rangers don't have G's on their stupid playoff mottos? What? Wait, what? They don't, they, they don't, they... They're gerunds, okay? They like the verbs that end in I-N-G, except they don't put the G on any of them. So we had Barkin, and now we have... Oh, no. Really? Yes. Uh. Just someone put out is like that Journey song, Love and Touch and Squeezing. So then I have to write first. Is that that really what the shirts... Let's see. I'm looking at it. I'm trying to find it here. Does it have Photos. an apostrophe, Beth, or no? And then it has win, and but win is short for something that they won't tell us. Yeah, she's right. It's skating, apostrophe, passing, apostrophe, shooting, apostrophe, which is hysterical because in actual Rangers it should be lumber in, passing, 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 turnover, and in. Turn in, over in. Turn in and win is, so she's right. Win is, uh, we involve narcolepsy? We invoke narcolepsy? Could that possibly be it? Yeah, it's definitely Uh, we. We. We're in. Nuptials. We're winning. We're in necromancy. (laughs) Winning in northern Canada, but it's not northern Canada. No, and then winning in the north. Wink. Winning in the north. (laughs) Winning in the no, but they say they win in the south. All right, well, let's start here. Do we think it's actually winning or a form of winning? We are winning. We I have to be in because I doesn't mean anything else. We invoke Nordstrom's. <laughs> why integrate? Oh, why? With incendiary napalm. With. When. I don't think it would be when. I don't think it would be. I don't think it would be when, and I. I really don't think it would be. Uh, when or like where. Let's Wales see. and Niagara. Um, I think if we could figure oh, God, out. The I'm, end. Reading, <laughs> I'm, I'm reading. I'm reading some of the waffles in Netherlands. This one, I'm reading what some people are guessing on Twitter. This one will oh. make Beth happy. W-I-N, where is Nash? I think he's going to have a good playoffs, and I think he's going to be, it's going to be ignored because the Rangers are going to have bigger issues, and everyone's going to talk about lots of things and how the Rangers weren't tough enough, and, you know, 
All that fun oh stuff. Oh, my God. I'll Wait. show people tough. Yes, I, I will. I need to, to figure this out. Let's see. No, stop it. Damn it. I just want to see what this is. Who are you talking to? The computer. Just you two talk while I try to figure this out. We're well, impervious can... to narwhals. Ooh, narwhal. Yeah, that's got to be part of it. Um, it's got to be narwhal, part of it. Nowhere, nothing. Um... Noisome. Oh. Barking last year was nope. pretty terrible. Um, new. Um, <laughs> winning is new. Um, oh, man. Neo. Maybe it's a Matrix reference. Probably not, though. It's probably none of these who, things. <laughs> who would be Neo? Ooh, who also, would I be Neo? This, this isn't, no, no one's answering the question. Winning in Nebraska. Winning in naked. Um, Whittling indifferently in Nebraska. <laughs> no, that's too odd. Whittling wise. differently naked. It's got to be naked. Ooh, whittling indifferently naked. I like that. Or nude. You know, same difference, really. Yeah, it's all the same. Whining uh, in... We're. We would not be good at Hangman. No, or I wonder if people are actually listening not, to all of this. Yeah, we, we should not challenge other podcasts to Hangman. Probably. No. Probably We've spent at least five minutes trying to. Well. I win. It has to be winning. In. Something. Oh, horse family. Welsh what is infra- infantryman, Nasferatu. Hmm. <laughs> no, I think we need to work on it more. Yeah, we're, we're going to yeah. have to figure it out by next podcast. Think, all right, we all gave our recommendations, or we all gave our predictions for what we think the series is going to end at. What do you think the series is going to be at when we get back? Remember that it's four games. Um, 3-1 Ragnar. 3-1 Montreal. I was going to say 3-1 Montreal, too. Ooh, you're thinking you guys are negative. Huh? Negative Nancy's area. Hey, I said they'd win it in seven, and they'll <laughs> drag it up. Okay. Kicking and screaming. I tell you, Barry Melrose and I know what we're talking about. Um, sure you do. We're going to figure out what win stands for as well. We're going to go. Yes, we are. We're going to... Dedicate serious time to this and resources. Wimbledon in Newark. <laughs> Mike, you're better at this than Joe and I are. So yeah, he, he's trying um, for sure. <laughs> wonder in Wonder inept. Nep, no Neptune. Neptune's probably Whis- not anything. Whispers inside NASA. Ooh. We're Look at the ignoring negativity. We're ignoring negativity. There it is. We it ignore negativity. That's right. It's us, right? It's all about us. Although it we're positive now, right? Well, we're sort of positive. We're more realistic. We're ignoring negativity. That very well, that could be it. Uh, I'm saying that's it. Oh, so yeah. we have to be what about, positive or they'll ignore us. 
they won't read us anymore. Maybe they, they ever should. Did. What are we at? What know. about Whatever. wet nurse? If negativity. Intoxicated. Sensitivity. Genevieve. Rolling on the you don't hill. see the word wet. You don't see the word wet nurse anymore, do you, Joe? Uh, I actually see it all the time. It's two words. Uh, it is two words. Oh, it's two words. I thought it was one word. As much as I don't know I shapes, wish. Mike apparently doesn't know words. Together no, we make one whole pretend. human brain. Yes, but I don't pretend to know words, Joseph. And that's what sets us apart. You kind of pretended right there. No, I admitted I was opposed. With your crackle! I still think we should podcast the game. I think that too. I don't know if we... Here's the only way that that would work is if you could actually, like, see us. And we've gotten some hints about the way that Beth does her podcast, and I don't think that's going to be allowed on the show. I could I could dress Beth, up for the occasion. Beth uh, splits the throats I'm of small animals right during now, the podcast. I don't know if you guys would be able to see me or not. I love the fact <laughs> you're wearing pants only because you didn't know if we'd be able to see you or not. Well, My life is pretty much trying to avoid pants as much as possible. Yeah, even when we went to the Ranger game together, Mike was naked, so... Most did not go well. All right. You can read me at uh, Blue Shirt Panther. You can read Mike at... We're all naked on the inside. We are all naked on the inside. And on the outside. We're all naked on the inside. <laughs> in your ear right now, we're naked. Um, Beth is well, uh, Twitter.com. What'd you say? Maybe I is for internet. Ooh. We are... Internet. Won't Windows internet. internet Netscape. <laughs> Won't internet not. Um... We are yeah, internationally sorry. negligible. <laughs> we're we're internet. Nope. We're talking about ourselves. We should stop. Um, um, we're in. We're internet negative. We're ignoring negativity. That's my guess. Or we ignore negativity. Whatever. I I still think it's something about wet nurses. Mm. Anyway. Mike Murphy is twitter.com slash deep deep BSB. Don't forget the BSB. Go to patreon.com slash blue shirt banter and uh, donate so that you can pay for this. this you forgot amazing. Beth. I, I did Beth before I did you, you Neanderthal. Whoa, Ooh, that's Neanderthal. another N-word. We invoke Neanderthals. Well, you just invoked Neanderthal. Yeah, because you Inhibit, are Neanderthal. Imitate, imitate Neanderthal. Ah, we oh imitate right. Niagara Falls. I'm very sorry about this podcast, everyone, I, I and especially am, to those of you who pay for it. I am as sorry as I have ever been about a podcast, and that's saying something because oftentimes I leave this podcast and I think to myself, that could have gone way better. <laughs> so here I am again. Anywho, oh, we'll you see. did great, Joe. We'll, you held it all together. You we'll were the see you next Wednesday. I, I'm not talking to either of you about shawarma, and in fact, both of you are potentially fired. Wednesday's W word. Wednesday. Wednesday. Intermediate in, Yeah. All right. Have a good night, everybody. 
We love you. Night. Good night, folks. Let's go, Rangers. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Let's go, Rangers. Beth is going to uh, do whale things. What did you say? I said we ignore negativity. I, you know what? It is we ignore negativity. That's what I'm saying. Whether you like whales it or not. inside of narwhals. We know Beth is a whale. Good night. Good night. Good night, everybody.